You know, our car is probably the most expensive and the most used piece of mechanical equipment we own. I better know how to use it and maintain my vehicle or I'll be in a world of hurt. This is why every car comes with a user manual. However, I wish someone handed me on our wedding day a marriage manual and said, make sure you do this every day or you'll be in a world of hurt. After our wedding, we had lots of time to devote to each other, but it wasn't long before I felt all the demands of having a young family and building a career. After a few years, it was like our marriage got off the fast lane and was set to idle. Both of us were feeling stressed and overwhelmed. Continuing with the analogy, if I tried to step on the gas and get something going, then the engine would quit. Over time, not wanting to add more conflict and stress, we often left the marriage in park, hoping it would not slip into reverse. When it comes to relationships, it doesn't help that all the love songs I hear today are either about hoping to find love or the pain of a failed relationship. I don't hear any love songs about being happy in a long, sustained, comfortable relationship. It's always centered on the hope and excitement at the start of a relationship or the heartbreak and disappointment at the ending of one. Relationships just seem like a long-suffering yearning to find genuine love and happiness. If I'm to pursue this marriage, I need to have a focus and direction. It's hard to be interested only in maintenance. Nobody buys a car and just keeps it from rusting. I want to do something with it, go places, have fun, not just change the oil all the time. Looking back when we were married, our relationship had a strong purpose and direction. We were intentional on growing our relationship, preparing ourselves to build a life together, and we're looking forward to becoming one. Once kids and life happened, things took a different turn. My wife poured herself into our children as I was spending lots of hours at work. I had no idea how to keep this relationship going. She seemed busy with the kids, enjoying friendships with other moms and maintaining the household. And with four little kids, this was a 12 plus hour job. I was all but spent building my career at work. Weekends flew by catching up on errands with a little dash of family time. On the top of all this, our insecurities were just adding conflict and frustration to our marriage. Trying to take your relationship back to the good old days uh, doesn't seem possible. While figuring out what was important, we found out how big our differences were. I wanted to go on adventures. I want to have fun and build family memories. She wanted to make sure everything on her list was done, and she watched our spending like a hawk. She was very content to stay home. For her, it was the safest thing to do. It was very easy spending our weekends doing chores, attending children's social events, and catching up on shopping for basic necessities. Do I hear a Costco run? After time, we just ignored each other and put the kids' immediate needs as a sole priority. You know, with all the demands of the family, it made sense at the time that our relationship take a back seat in order to provide a stable home. However, it got more difficult for us to connect. This led to feelings of isolation and bitterness towards each other. I know our story is a common one. It was hard to prioritize our family schedule. Everything that we were doing was important. Something is wrong. God only gives us 24 hours in a day to live according to His will. So why couldn't our marriage just get stronger, working together, raising kids, fulfilling all of life's day-to-day -day activities? On the top of these challenges, 
Why are men and women desires so different? Why is it so hard to understand each other and get on the same page to really enjoy our marriage? Help me out, God. What on earth were you thinking when you created the first couple? I am so lost. I need to have a stripped down picture of what marriage is. I need to go back where it all started at the Garden of Eden. Genesis 1 verses 26 to 28 reads, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. God blessed them. Wow. Did you notice how much freedom God gave us over all creation? And allowing us creativity on how we are to build our lives together on this earth? However, it can't be God's intention for me to just let my selfish desires go run amok living any way I please. But for my wife and I to make choices based upon the understanding that both of us were created to reflect His image. And His image is good. Notice, both my wife and I were created to reflect His image together. I'm sure it isn't chaos, confusion, frustration, and bitterness. Although many times that was the image we were projecting. So constantly experiencing this can't be part of the plan. Notice, God blessed them. So somehow our differences are a blessing and should not be a constant source of frustration. He wants to bless us and take delight in our relationships with Him and each other. I'm convinced from these verses our marriage was not created for us just to survive, but to experience His blessing resulting in joy. So if things are going to change, I need to have a good image of who God is and what aspects my wife and I need to reflect. Reading further in Genesis 2, verses 18 to 25, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, all the birds of the sky, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and close up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned to a woman the rib which he had taken from man and brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. First thing I notice in Genesis' account is that God mentions twice that man needs a suitable helper. In fact, God goes out of his way to emphasize that it's not good for man to be alone, as Adam names all the animals and sees his need. Secondly, 
This helper is specially tailored for him. Actually, the English translation does not really convey the power and depth of the Hebrew meaning of suitable helper. The Hebrew word is not helper, but help. It should read, God provided help that is corresponding to him. The same word used in Psalms 121 verse 102, from where comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. In this case, it's the Lord who is the helper. Therefore, the word helper is not meant to convey lesser, but the emphasis is on the help provided. The same word is often used to describe the assistance during battle. She is your spiritual battle partner, made to perfectly complement you. Also, the English translation suitable misses the mark. The Hebrew word means corresponding. They're like two interlocking puzzle pieces that each are different individually, but fit together perfectly. Maybe that is why we marry our opposites. Think of what you are missing she is providing, and vice versa. It's a perfect match made in heaven. They are not meant to compete with each other, but complement. Or else why would it be bad for man to be alone? Of course, a lot of us men think we need to be alone, especially when we feel like failures at home. I need to see this marriage as God providing a team to accomplish a mission. You are not supposed to just divvy up all the family responsibilities and separate his and her list with no activities done together. I need to have a greater vision and purpose for our marriage than just supporting children. Being a father or mother have separate roles and responsibilities than being a husband and wife. We can't make the mistake and believe that we are husband and wife because we share children. Just to make the point, I still have a father relationship with my children even if I'm no longer a husband. Being a spouse and being a parent are two different relationships that involve serving different people. We can't replace marriage with parenting. Our responsibilities to each other as a married couple are different than to our children. It is way easier to make the focus of the marriage to serve the children than it is for the marriage to serve each other. God designed my marriage to have a standalone purpose that will last throughout our lives together. We both can't hide behind children to avoid our responsibilities to each other as a spouse. Imagine all of our time as a married couple is spent parenting and not enjoying time together, developing the deep friendship, love, and support both of us need while we are parenting. Our marriage should be the strength we draw from to parent. Your children will not give you the support and friendship you need. Your marriage is a strong military alliance to accomplish God's mission for your life. I need to have a purpose and mission for us as a couple and make sure we are actively pouring into each other. This means it is my responsibility to ensure that the family priorities include time for us to interact as husband and wife. If I don't take action, then all of our time will be just centered around the children's activities with my wife burnt out, wanting time alone, and with me frustrated feeling like the odd man out with both of us longing to just have some fun and enjoy this life. Bottom line, if I want to draw her in my life, I need to have a plan for our marriage and include her in my pursuits. The other thing God goes out of his way to make sure that Adam understands that his wife is part of himself and not some separate creature that he cannot relate to. God creates her from his own body. He sees her 
valued as much as his own bones. She is literally a piece of him that needs to come back and become one again. I think this was God's intention. If she's part of me, then I need to make her a part of my life and breathe life into our marriage. She needs to be part of my calling and purpose in life. It gets even crazier. The next verse it states that the two shall become one. Become one? What? How does that work? This concept when applied to real life is hard to imagine. She is a strange creature called woman and I'm a man. Sometimes trying to understand her and how she perceives things, my head wants to explode. And it seems like both of us are from another planet. When I try to explain my viewpoint, it often leads to conflict and confusion. Probably because I'm stuck on seeing everything black and white while she sees every color of the rainbow and then some, and maybe a unicorn or two. At least that's how I feel. Very clueless. However, if I need to view her as part of me, then if part of my body is hurting, then my whole body is hurting. If I accept the differences and understand each other, then we can start to enjoy this relationship. So if it's going to happen, ignoring her when I'm frustrated is not an option. I just need to tell her that I'm confused right now and I want to understand and work it out. I need to learn how to draw her in and encourage her, not accuse her and push her away. I need to remember I'm here to build her up and not to expect her to go away and fix herself. If God wants me to be joined to my wife, then my attitude towards her must change. She needs to be part of my calling in life. It makes no sense to push her away and ignore the very help God has placed in my life. I need to be a blessing to her when she is with me and break down the walls between us. As mentioned before, if she is convinced that I am here for her and want to help her be freed from her insecurities, then she will be drawn to me and the walls will come down. For us, this took several years of undoing the walls of hurt we created. And I stopped lashing out and I started to speak truth and love to her wounds and negative thoughts and feelings. As we drew closer, I could see how she needed me and how I needed her. That becoming one wasn't impossible, but worth pursuing. The last part of the verse reads, naked and not ashamed. At the start of their marriage, Adam and Eve felt really safe and secure and at peace with each other. Again, our marriage started that way, but after hurting each other, we built walls and lost each other's trust. I needed to show her that I wanted to end the cycle of hurting each other, and now my vision is for her to flourish under my loving care. I wanted her to know that I knew her faults and I would never reject her. I wanted to be a positive voice in her life. I needed to focus on changing how we reacted to each other and learn to build her up. I needed to reassure her that no matter what, I love her and we're okay. You are safe with me. However, this was not me, for I am to be this person I need to change. Part of the damage I done in this marriage was due to my wounds and insecurities. I have to admit that I projected a lot of my failures and frustration of my life onto my wife and done a lot of damage to our marriage. Truth is, I too needed someone to reassure me and help me grow out of my struggles. I realized that I can't give if I'm running on empty. We are two people hurting and we're trapped in a cycle of confrontation, hurt, withdrawal, 
exploding and moving further and further into isolation. The cycle needed to stop. The creation of the first marriage gave me a picture of what marriage should be. Both husband and wife committed to becoming one by building a life together with the same vision, mission, and purpose, embracing dependence on each other, and actively seeking to build each other up to make a safe place for us to enjoy this marriage, a blessing from God. Let me repeat it. Both husband and wife committed to becoming one by building a life together with the same vision, mission, and purpose, embracing dependence on each other, actively seeking to build each other up to make a safe place for us to enjoy this marriage, a blessing from God. But our marriage was so damaged we need to find healing before we can experience this kind of marriage. I need an example of how to heal our broken marriage. If you were touched by this message and would like to go deeper into your relationship, my wife and I have written a book, Empty, A Couple Study of Marriage, and it's available on Amazon. Also, if you'd like to learn more about us and some tips on marriage, visit our website, www.emptynomore.org That's www.emptynomore.org Thanks for listening.